Deuteronomy 11. We're continuing with Moses' great speech. Therefore, you shall love Yahweh your God and keep his instructions, his statutes, his ordinances, and his commandments always. Know this day, for I don't speak with your children who have not known and who have not seen the chastisement of Yahweh your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, his outstretched arm, his signs and his works which he did in the middle of Egypt to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and to all his land, and what he did to the army of Egypt, to their horses and to their chariots, how he made the water of the Red Sea to overflow them as they pursued you, and how Yahweh has destroyed them to this day, and what he did to you in the wilderness until you came to this place, and what he did to Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, the son of Reuben, how the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households, their tents, and every living thing that followed them in the middle of all Israel. But your eyes have seen all Yahweh's great work which he did. Therefore, you shall keep the entire commandment which I command you today, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land that you go over to possess, and that you may prolong your days in the land which Yahweh swore to your fathers to give to them and to their offspring, a land flowing with milk and honey. For the land where you go in to possess isn't like the land of Egypt that you came out of, where you sowed your seed and watered it with your foot as a garden of herbs. But the land that you go over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water from the rain of the sky, a land which Yahweh your God cares for. Yahweh your God's eyes are always on it, from the beginning of the year even to the end of the year. It shall happen, if you shall listen diligently to my commandments which I give you today, to love Yahweh your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, that I will give the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the later rain, and that you may gather in your grain your new wine and your oil. I will give grass in your fields for your livestock, and you shall eat and be full. Be careful, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn away to serve other gods and worship them. And Yahweh's anger be kindled against you, and he shut up the sky so that there is no rain, and the land doesn't yield its fruit, and you perish from off the good land which Yahweh gives you. Therefore you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. You shall bind them for a sign on your hand, and they shall be for frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house, and on your gates, that your days and your children's days may be multiplied in the land, which Yahweh swore to your fathers to give them, as the days of the heavens above the earth. For if you shall diligently keep all these commands which I command you to do them, to love Yahweh your God, to walk in all his ways, and to cling to him, then Yahweh will drive out all these nations from before you, and you shall dispossess nations greater and mightier than yourselves. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads shall be yours, from the wilderness and Lebanon, from the river, the river Euphrates, even to the western sea shall be your border. No man will be able to stand before you. Yahweh your God will lay the fear of you and the dread of you on all the land that you tread on as he has spoken to you. Behold, I set before you today 
a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you listen to the commandments of Yahweh your God, which I command you today, and the curse, if you do not listen to the commandments of Yahweh your God, but turn away out of the way which I command you today to go after other gods which you have not known. It shall happen when Yahweh your God brings you into the land that you go to possess, that you shall set the blessing on Mount Gerizim and the curse on Mount Ebal. Aren't they beyond the Jordan, behind the way of the going down of the sun in the land of the Canaanites who dwell in the Arabah near Gilgal beside the oaks of Moray? For you are to pass over the Jordan and go in to possess the land which Yahweh your God gives you, and you shall possess it and dwell in it. You shall observe to do all the statutes and the ordinances which I have set before you today. Well, Moses is in the middle of his great speech, and it's once again on the theme of obedience. I, I, I guess if you were sitting there in the speech listening, you would think he's going on and on and on about the same thing. <laughs> well, it just how happened it was really important. And... Um, Moses knows that they're about to go in and, and face all sorts of things they have never seen and never faced before, and he wants them to hear, really get the message in. And um, it's the same message for us today. We've got to get the idea of obedience so into our heart, but it's so easy to fail. Now, right in the middle of this, chapter um, 11, in verse 16, he says that, that they should take care lest their heart deceive them. Now, the deceiving heart is a real problem. So the heart is the thing. Now, we're not talking about the physical heart. In Greek, it's the cardia. We're talking about the, what you love, what you desire, what you care about. And the heart so easily loves things that it shouldn't, and it deceives you so that you think it's okay. And that's what's so bad about the heart. In Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, much later, it says that the heart is deceitful above all else. Some translations say the heart is deceitfully wicked. In other words, we can so easily love things which we shouldn't love, but we somehow come to believe that those things are okay. So we have to be very, very careful. And um, Moses warns against this. And... Um, so they're about to go into the promised land. They've got to obey all the commands. They've got to get rid of these people. They've got to follow the Lord. And then Moses says to them, that he sets before them a blessing and a curse. Basically, it's their choice. Now, we know what's going to end up happening. This generation is going to do great. They're going to follow the Lord really well because um, they're going to support Joshua and they circumcise their hearts. In fact, they circumcised all of them at Gilgal in, I think, Joshua chapter 2. We'll get to that in a while. And uh, so there's this point where the whole nation dedicates themselves to the Lord and they serve Joshua wholeheartedly and this generation does great. But then it says that after them arose a generation who did not know them. So this speech, you know, that Moses gives to these people, it must have really worked. It cut through to the heart, but the, it didn't get through to their children. And some of their children would have been little ones at the time of this speech. And you think about sitting in church with your little ones. You know, they're hearing the words of God, which is great, but you need to hear them and then share them with your little ones as well so that they too take on the things that you are taking on. So the, the Moses puts before them this choice of a blessing or a curse. 
And this is the same choice that's before us all. And our lifestyle choices and our choice of what we love and we're devoted to affects how it all works out for us. And we're going to find out more at the end of um, Deuteronomy chapters 27, 28. We're going to find out more about the blessings and the curses. We're not going to go into it right now. Um, but there were two mountains, Mount Gerizim, the mountain of blessing, Mount Ebal, the mountain of cursing. They were actually really close together. I've looked it up on Google Earth. You can zoom in and they really are close together. Like the bases of the mountains are like literally just maybe four to 500 meters apart. They're so close. It's like a valley like this. And the mountains are significant. So you can climb the two mountains and you're still quite close to each other. It's a very interesting feature if you look it up on Google Earth. We'll talk more about that later. But I think what's interesting here is that this is a matter of their choice. Now, some people have, have said that God is so completely sovereign that he's determined in advance who's going to be saved and who's not going to be saved. He's determined in advance that those who are his and those who are not his. He's determined those who are going to fall and those who are going to stand. So this is called Calvinism. And um, I personally disagree with, with the idea of it. I don't disagree with the idea that God is completely sovereign, but I disagree with the idea that people don't have choice. And some people struggle with this kind of apparent contradiction. It's, for me, it's not. there's no contradiction in it. I just can't see how there is any contradiction in it. The fact is that God is completely sovereign. He decides every single thing that he wants to decide and he's in control. If the Lord decided right now to jump into your life and just ruin it, he could. Or if he decided right now to jump in your life and bless it, he could. But you know what he has decided? God has decided to give you a choice. And so that's what God's sovereignty is about. It's what he has decided is going to happen. And God has decided, and we see it so clearly right here in the book of Deuteronomy, in the words of Moses, he says to the people, I set before you a blessing and a curse. You choose. And this type of thing is so full of the Bible. It's everywhere. And so God sovereignly chooses to give people choice. God doesn't lose anything of his grandeur or sovereignty by doing it. And some people would say, but what about in the, in the New Testament that, that, there, that it says we're a chosen people and that we were chosen before the foundation of the earth? There are some passages a bit like that which seems like God's just decided what's going to happen and that we weren't given a choice. No, those, those passages are plural. So, for example, God determined he was going to have a people. He was going to have a chosen people, but any individual can choose to be a part of it or not. So in the desert, for example, you've got these millions of people that are walking through, and there were some people who got grumpy at Moses and left. You may not be aware of that. We covered it in one of the previous chapters. And um, But it, we, when we get to the book of Ezra and Nehemiah, in one of the speeches recounted later, he says, Do you remember those people who turned back and went back to Egypt? Well, they were never heard of again. But there were people in the desert who were along with the children of Israel who decided to leave. Well, they were allowed to do that. No one's controlling them or telling them they had to stay with the children of Israel. The children of Israel were chosen... But there were also Egyptians that joined the crew. Like when they left Egypt, there were some Egyptians that joined, they chose. But there were also some Israelites who left. They chose that too. So God's chosen certain things that he's determined are going to happen. Like he determined he was going to send his son to save the world. Everything is under God's sovereignty. 
but at the complete same time, everyone chooses as well. And all of this boils down to, to say that you're completely responsible for your life, your faith. Um, now the Lord has sovereignly given you this ability to choose, but he also, with his great love, gives you the scriptures so that you can read them and you can see what you need to do. The great love of God is before you as well. So choose him. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the scriptures. I thank you for the clarity with which they show us things. And I ask your grace would be given to us to understand them. Father, I pray that, that there be no discrepancy in our mind with Calvinism and free choice, but we would realize that, that they're both true, that you are fully sovereign and we, we have full choice all at the same time. And I pray that you give us grace and our children and those around us give us grace to choose you, just as this generation did. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.